0: Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net.
1: Marco. Sean. Word. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you know many words i know that word word you know the word word Word
2: up uh, there's two words there.
1: <laughs> word up word up end of the podcast that's <laughs> right peace out
2: that's very good
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like the vocabulary mic, that's like
2: drop yeah. i know i'm, I'm a, a man of two words
1: at a time it. Okay. That's good. That's good. I was going to ask you, maybe, it's, it's, it, how many words you know in Italian, but I think it's too early. Uh, it's maybe I'll wait a few. It's very early. There it. might
2: be a couple of handfuls. Just don't ask okay. me to say it all,
1: right, all right. All right. Let's stay, let's stay in the okay. English language. Yeah.
2: Let's stay in English for now.
1: And talking about language, we, we're going to talk about words. <laughs> just if people haven't figured it out yet. It's just like we're just going crazy here. Um, well, it's audio signal, so you can expect a little bit of conversation outside of the usual realms of technology, cybersecurity, and society. And, and today, Sean, we're going to we're going to talk about language. Perfect.
2: Yes, uh, and specifically the words we use to catch each other's attention, I think, is uh, or or perhaps represents things that we've experienced or feel or want others to know about us, or that maybe they should look at themselves.
1: <laughs> depending on maybe on the what, word we maybe what the news are talking about, yeah. maybe things that are affecting our life more, uh, you know, in a certain period of time than another. And, and it's funny because uh, there is a story and we, we have uh, already somebody to join us on the show before, uh, Valerie Friedland. And, uh, she, She's part of the Mentor Project, which is, is a really amazing organization that we we all love and we're part of. And in one of our meetings, uh, Valerie told us about the fact that every year, uh, this linguistic expert, they come up with the word of the year and they, they pick, for many reasons, different one and and so forth. So I'm like, this is going to be such a fun story to hear. And, and Valerie is a great storyteller. And so I'm happy to have her back on the show, Valerie. How are you?
3: Oh shucks, thank you. <laughs> those are good words you just used. <laughs> I know, I know
1: words. I know the words.
2: And he meant them. I can tell. I can yeah. tell. Yeah,
3: authentic, authenticity
2: in those words.
3: <laughs> now, Sean, but, I don't know about you, but that's a different
2: powerful. story. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll stay clear <laughs> of my perspective.
3: Well, thanks for having me on again.
1: Of course, of right, course, so
2: it's a treat. I was, I was thinking as, as. This hit the uh, the books. I was like, "Yes, Valerie again." We I enjoyed the conversation we had before, uh, because the words they make you think, and that's certainly the conversation we had last time it really yeah. let me think. So I'm I'm excited for today, but today's gonna be even more fun. I think not that that one wasn't, but this is gonna be fun because it's kind of freeform, right? We can Freestyle, freestyling. Learn some
3: new words. Some new words.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. How about we start with a little introduction about yourself. Uh, for the people that didn't catch the other episode. And maybe we'll put a link on the other episode as well, just to so we give the opportunity to others to listen to that. Because that was fun, too. So that's what I'm expecting this one to be as well. So, Valerie, it's to you.
3: Well, I'll try not to disappoint in the fun area. Maybe, <laughs> maybe people will learn a little something, too. Oh, yeah, I am a professor of sociolinguistics at the University of Nevada, at the Reno campus. And that's a big word that usually is is uncomfortable for people to say too many times in a row. But what it means is I look at language from a social perspective. So we use language all the time. And we like to think of language as being informational. So you say, you know, honey, can you bring home groceries? And my expectation is you'll say yes. And that's a nice informational exchange that says you're going to be bringing home groceries. It tells us something, it makes arrangements, it plans something. But the other thing that we do with language is we have social relationships. So when I say honey, can you bring home the groceries? What I really mean is, you damn well better be bringing home those groceries or don't come in the door. So there's a a meta message that's socially communicated over what we say. So that is the type of thing that I look at. I look at it in um, the way that we structure sentences and have conversations, or I look at it in things as little as the way that you say a T sound. So if you say what without the T sound at the end, or what with the T sound, you can tell just from the way you say those two that you mean something different when you say them the word what is the same but the way you say it is different so those are the kinds of things that sociolinguists like me study but we're also interested in words and how language changes over time and how new words either get created or come into the language. A lot of times they're not completely new, they're from somewhere else, either borrowed in. So from Italian, for example, or from Latin way back when, uh, or we do create them. Actually, we don't create them because we're old, but young people tend to create them and bring them in. So today I think we're gonna talk about some of the new words that have come in this year, that the american dialect society which is a parent organization i belong to uh, came up with at their annual word of the year vote that takes place every january during the linguistic society of america conference
1: i hope to be invited one day to that right yeah, you know, that it sounds fun. The
3: public. So next year right. it does change places. So you have to kind of take an airplane usually to get there. This year it was held in Washington D.C., but unfortunately because of Omicron, which is actually one of the words of the year. Um, it we'll, was We'll figure. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> shocking. I, I don't think the words that we're going to talk about will be too surprising, since a lot of them are related to politics, pandemic, or work, which are things obviously that have existed in the cultural moment. This year, but it was. I don't remember um, any of that. <laughs> you don't. You don't know any of them. Just wait till we get some of the really hit words. I you won't know them unless you have a teenager at home.
1: There nice. You go.
2: There you go. I was going to say that the the way I say the words, you'll be able to tell that I'm lazy. <laughs> so it, I'll leave the T off. What? Just because.
3: Just because.
1: Or maybe because to, you grew too up too much work to put the T on it. Maybe because you grew up in L.A. or something. Like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what you don't need that tea
2: that's <laughs> right well so uh, i i didn't do any homework here Marco. i don't know if it, if it's appropriate to ask does'll does let you know <laughs> is is the is the idea that that this is well maybe maybe i'll just ask describe what the purpose is instead of me trying to guess what it is does the purpose of selecting the words of the year is it to
3: Well, it's really to highlight the work that linguists and lexicographers do and how it is actually relevant to the public's lives, because a lot of what linguists do is study things that are very esoteric and uh, probably not the things that you're going to pick as bedtime reading. So for example, in my research, I study vowel movements, which I just want to make sure everybody knows that's V, vowel, (laughs) like in the mouth, because we don't want to have that be a problem. Um, And, you know, fascinating as those are and important in understanding how language has changed over time, because the vowels we say in American English today are actually very pronounced very differently than uh, even 50 years ago, but certainly than hundreds of years ago, there have been massive changes. And It's important to understand that because it can help us understand how how our cognition works, how our language processing works, and how the world affects that. So those are important questions, but those are probably not the things that you're going to pick up to read as light reading at night. But everybody speaks uh, and everybody knows about words that are new and interesting or reads about things that are happening in their culture and needs a name for them. Uh, So the study of new words is useful in two for two reasons it's useful because it tells us a little bit about how we're evolving what's important what captures that cultural movement and it's also important because it sort it it puts down in history the things that preoccupied us as a society and a culture for those years. So these are the words for this year. And when we talk about what words were in the vote for this year, you'll see that it's very much tied to the things that consumed us, the things that were important and the things that were frightening, the things that we needed to name, because by naming them, we can deal with them. And if we look back 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and we see the words that were picked then, we can tell a lot about what was happening in the world at that time. We also get a sense of what becomes important over time in our culture. So there'll be some words that we talked about 20 years ago that didn't stick around and you won't even recognize, but many of them became things that you almost can't believe they were only 20 years old. And if you look back through history and look at the words that have come into English over time, every single word has a history that tells you something about the people that spoke it. At the moment. So, for example, when we talk about the role of Latin in English, right? Latin came into English at different points, but they were huge from a a standpoint of what helped establish the way that people thought about the world at the time. So of course, Latin first came in with the conversion to Christianity of the early um, Germanic tribes that were on in the British Isles. So then it became a learned or religious, influence in English. So things that you did in church, or things that you did in politics, or things that you did, not many people went to school at the time, but in learned context, those were all in Latin, uh, whereas English was the language on the street. So that told you about, okay the types of words that we would get. All the the learned language at that time was Latin. All the everyday, let's have a hug, let's hang out as family or friends or let's fight a duel because, you know, you pissed me off. All of that was in English. So that tells you about the relationship between those that were smart and educated at the time and had power and those that were on the street. Those that were in power would have had a command of Latin that those in English didn't. And we can tell all that by looking at the language. And then we see Latin come in again in the 15th and 16th century because English simply didn't have a vocabulary to name the things that Latin had already named. So as English became used in more and more context, in learned context, in science, in medicine, it didn't have the words for those things. We borrowed a lot of those from French and Latin. So again, what you see is the increasing stature of English through the words that came into the language. So understanding the words that come in may seem sort of silly and fun and not really that important. But actually, over time, they become very important. And making sure that we commemorate the language of that era will tell a lot to the people that come later what was important to us today.
1: Love it. And and then you have the the phases where the French was used in certain in certain uh, social cultural Uh, communities and now I could be came and I always make fun because when I talk to French being Italian, I make fun of them. like, look, we don't need to speak French anymore. You know, it's like, you, you know, the grandeur of (laughs) thinking that everybody speaks French. Like I don't expect people to speak Latin or, or Italian anyway, but, but now what is happening is is we were talking about this before start recording, like how English is actually taking over because of, uh, you know, cultural, expansion maybe in a way, the the Hollywood movies, the music. I mean, everything is in English nowadays. The technology language is in English. and So that's another sign of the time.
3: Right, right. And this actually, the vote that the American Dialect Society does is something that was started in the late 1800s. The American Dialect Society was actually started in 1889 because at that time, American English was the sort of bastard child of British English. And it was actually established to sort of hold up uh, in regard the novel Americanisms that were emerging. In much the way that American English is spreading globally now, it is what's new and it's naming sort of new experiences and new things. And in the late 1800s, America was a growing nation. Uh, and it was, of course, in welcoming a lot of people from a lot of different places. But also there were new words needed for new experiences here. And so the American Dialect Society was established to publish A dictionary um, of American regional usage. And it started its periodical, which is still going strong today, called Dialect Notes. Uh, It's sort of a journal of American speech now, but it was called Dialect Notes and it was first published in 1890 to publish new usages of American words. And so the American Dialect Society is particularly interested in American usage. So there are other groups that pick words of the year all over the globe. I know there's one in Australia and they pick particularly Australian words. So I think their word of the year this year was stroll out which is the vaccine rollout that went very slowly. So it was a stroll rather than a roll. And so that was uniquely Australian, but the American dialect society's word of the year was insurrection because again, that was a very American choice because of the things that happened on January 6th. Uh, And I think the vote was a reflection of how, while we had lots of fun words, they didn't encapsulate the moment of a threat to American democracy, and quite the way that insurrection did.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a heavy word, I'm sure. And this was kind of the question I had earlier, and I didn't exactly ask it because I asked you what it was what it was for. But is I guess the answer is obvious. But does the word mean different things to different people?
3: Yes, and very much like so.
2: like insurrection. It conjures up something for me, maybe different from Marco and for you and others listening.
3: Absolutely, and also people will have different relationships to those words. So, insurrection represents not only what some people felt best described the events on January sixth, but also the poli- the volatile political climate. That led to those events. And so some people will argue that insurrection is not an accurate term for what happened because they have a different vantage point. But um, what it does encapsulate, regardless of which side you're on, is that this was a tumultuous period that pointed to a lot of American hostility with our, our, our fellow Americans. Uh, and a disagreement over the way that the culture and the world was going. So I think in many ways, whether or not you call what happened on January 6th an insurrection, the choice of that word represents the growing hostility and political volatility that I think defined the year in many ways.
2: I, I kind of prefer the stroll out word. It makes, <laughs> makes me feel better <laughs> than the other one. And I don't know if that word was... Ingest uh, to have fun with it, or or if people actually felt angry or not.
3: Yeah. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the thing that you find with all these words that are selected, regardless of the group doing it, um, is that they're done somewhat in fun, but also even the fun ones represent societal preoccupations at that moment. So, um, for instance, one of the words that we talked about uh, was digital word of the year because there are a lot of subcategories. We pick the you know top word of the year out of all the options but we also have a lot of subcategories that are really fun and we had digital word of the year and that one actually has a lot of really fun choices because there's so much happening on social media that's entertaining but the word that was chosen which was hashtag free britney represents something about our fixation with celebrity and with celebrity lives, so even though it's a fun one, I mean, we had a lot of laughs when we were picking it because another one of the words that was nominated in that category was parasocial. Do you have you ever heard the word parasocial?
1: It's new to me.
3: have about you, Marco? N-
1: not, I mean, not together. <laughs> no parasocial. <laughs> I mean, but I, I can I can kind of guess what it is. But I yeah, right. I so I, I wouldn't think like that, that was a very yeah. common word.
3: I'm not very hip. So a lot of these I haven't heard about. So I like to go just so I learn what's hip. So I'm only a year behind rather than many, but parasocial in this category is, um, a relationship that you feel you have with the celebrity by following them, by keeping up with them on oh, social wow. media. Okay. So this sort of pretend relationship that you get into. So for example, when you start calling them by their first name, or you refer to like, Oh, Brittany would like that, that kind of thing where it's almost like this faux relationship that you almost believe that you're having with this person. So because people were very vehement in picking hashtag free Brittany as the word of the year for the digital category, But parasocial was one of them. We were joking that, you know, it was a very parasocial choice to be choosing Free Britney because people were really overwhelmingly fond of that choice. A couple of the other choices in that category, which were pretty fun, was a Bones Day and No Bones Day. Have you heard of that? I
1: I remember from when you were presenting that the other day. And and I was like, I would have not guessed that. But then when you explain it with the social media relationship, it makes sense, so go for it. It's it's right. a good story.
3: It's a good one. So I guess there is a TikTok. I'm not a big TikTok fan, but there's a uh, a guy on TikTok that has a cool dog that decides in the morning whether he's feeling it or not. And so he either gets up and starts the world and is all ha- happy and excited as you know dogs tend to be, or the guy will ask the dog to get up, and he'll just kind of lift his head, and look at him, and go back to bed. So noodle is the name of the dog, but it's whether he's having the bones to get up or no bones that day. So it became this TikTok sensation: whether you're having a bones day or a no bones day. And I've never I had never heard of it, but obviously it, it's something that went viral, and that was one of the options. And then there was also uh, the one that, that I think is a little bit scary, and I'm not sure a polite company uh, worthy, but it's called Horny Jail. Um, which is the imagined place a person should go to as punishment for being excessively sexual online
1: <laughs> the horny <jail. laughs>
3: the horny jail um so you know, and then there's girl boss is also one of the terms, so there were a lot of fun terms, but you know free Britney got selected with overwhelming majority because everybody has a post a parasocial relationship with Britney um because they have felt her struggles over the last few years, so is it 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 is fun. But it also describes a shifting way that we're looking at the world through our computers and our relationships are mediated through social media now. So while we can have a lot of fun with it, it also represents a shift in the way that we uh, recreate and the way that we talk to each other.
2: Yeah, makes me think of the word Diana brought uh, to Techvine yesterday, Marco, Proteus, Uh, or the metaverse where the person in the metaverse takes on some of the attributes of their avatar and carries them, I think is how she described it. We spent a lot of time talking about that. And it it makes me wonder that, I mean, because we spent so much time talking about it, it seemed really important. It it was the, the four of us, we like latched onto, and we had a really good conversation. I don't know that we do the same with hashtag free Brittany example. So I guess my, what I'm, what I'm wondering is what's what, what's the criteria? is it does it have to be mass viral uh, to to get on the list and to be nominated or or is, does it have any like social impact?
3: Uh, it, there is you to... know it's interesting. there's no explicit criteria. Typically what happens is the um, the new words committee. Which is a subcommittee of the American Dialect Society that's headed by Ben Zimmer, who's the language columnist for the Wall Street Journal. They send out a call. So we'll get an email, you know, all the people that are members of the American Dialect Society, which anybody can become a member. You just have to pay your dues, right? But it generally is people like me that are linguists or lexicographers or etymologists or, you know, people somehow in education, but anybody can actually join. So if you're feeling it, just go to the website and join but they send out an email requesting nominations and people have to nominate a word and then justify that nomination. So why is it new or notable this year? Not all the words are new. In fact, very few words in language are truly novel neologisms. They're usually either borrowed from another language or um, compounded from existing words or some new version of an existing word that's notable in its use that year. I think the only new word on the list this year that was actually a created word was chuggy, which is or chuggy chuggy. I'm not even sure how it's actually pronounced since it's not I'm not a native user, which means lame or sort of totally old. Uh, which is a Gen Z word used to describe millennials and how old hat they are. Right. So they're not hip anymore. So they're chuggy. (laughs) But that was the only made up word on the list. Um, But generally what happens is you send in nominations and then there is a nominating meeting the night before the final vote where people go and then they uh, vote on the Many, many nominations that have been sent in. They can also do ad hoc nominations where they argue for a word on the spot. And that gets whittled down to what the two or 300 people that are language experts who have some sort of sense of the pulse of language, have decided have been important for that year. And a lot of times they're important because we recognize that they have been everywhere in the news. You know, they they are that that news cycles words. But a lot of times it's what young people are doing. Um, So we have our students submit a lot of nominations. So every year I teach a class called sociolinguistics. And I do in my class towards the end of the semester, a special word of the year nomination fun activity where the students actually come up with what are the new and notable words. And they have a lot of fun with it, but it also teaches me a lot of the words that I wouldn't otherwise have an exposure to. Uh, so a lot of them come from young people. And then we also have just submissions from all over. Sometimes it's an open call. And basically then we vote on what seems to tap into cultural moments. So it, whether it's a political cultural moment, a social cultural moment, um, and certainly Free Britney was a big event this year. It You heard a lot in the news cycles about it. It was the hashtag became viral. With the digital words, it tends to be what goes viral. But with the other words, like the overall word of the year, or the most likely to succeed words, or we have most useful words, we have lots of subcategories we can talk about. Those are often things that seem to have... Um, captured some zeitgeist in some way that most of the members vote. That's another word. Zeitgeist, yeah, <laughs> another good word. But that Wordy. one's a little older. Um, so actually I thought I brought the the um, list of all the words that won, if you're interested, that we can go over a couple of them because some of them are really fun. But I also think, you know, the most useful ones are always really fun. But I also think some of them really do capture what we will be remembered for when we look back in history of this year, right? So obviously insurrection will go down in the history books. Um, Then we have, of course, the pandemic. So there are a lot of pandemic-related words. But remember, this is an annual vote. So uh, we didn't have as many pandemic-related words because they just weren't so new this year. The sad truth is the pandemic is now in its third year. So kind of pandemic words are old hat at this point in a word of the year vote, at least, (laughs) Uh, Last year, all words pretty much were pandemic related. So word of the year last year was COVID, which it had to be, right? How could it not? But this year, uh, we had things like Vax with the two X's as one of the nominees for word of the year. And we also had Variant because that has become really something we talk about a lot more last year and the year prior we were talking about coronavirus as sort of this larger construct but now we're talking a lot about the threat that individual variants pose and we name them and we know them and we talk about them as if they're old enemies so the idea of a variant became prevalent and in fact um in many of the other word of the year votes that dictionaries and things do, a lot of these words like vaccine and variant were their words of the year because they were kind of novel uses.
1: I have a question. Well, I have a million questions, but um, it seems to me, and I want to go maybe to your idea to bring past words of the year because maybe it will help us to get a big picture because one of my questions... When I think about all these wars that you're describing, you know, they, they are, as you said at the beginning, they're kind of worrisome. Like they, it just, it just feel the pulse of how society is, is being really worried about a lot of things, politics and, and of course, health and and, and all pretty. of these. <laughs> Britney Britney. Britney. Britney wasn't doing too good, you know. She had a hard, hard time. So I'm happy she is free free Britney.
3: Right. And, exactly. See what so, we do when we pick a new word of the year? Free somebody.
1: Right. So I'm curious to see what kind of balance that may be. Is it like, you know, a better year but, it,
3: it, good year happier year
1: you know it, there
3: are so this the last couple of years have been hard years well, and of course, while there yeah. are fun words in there so i remember from the vote last year there were things like zoom bombing and uh <laughs> um, you know but there was also quarantinis uh you know and corona cuts and corona babies so there were fun ways we ha- we deal with adversity and so that's what right, make humorous. Like Right. So we have the harsh words and then we have the words that kind of make fun of the harsh realities that we're experiencing. But certainly some years we just have new words. We don't have any horrible crises that we're facing and we've had just fun things. But what's really interesting about the word of the years, you go back and you look and many, many years we have. Things that are hard, right? So the words of the year reflect that. Um, But when I want to go back to 2000, because I think this is a great example of something that preoccupied us that has become completely unimportant at the moment. So in the year 2000, you want to guess what the word of the year was?
2: Bubble.
1: That's a oh, good no. one to know. There was the bubble. There was also the the, the, the Y2K in terms of, right. I mean, talking so technology, Y299, sorry.
3: right? So Y2K. Oh, that's true. Was, 1999. 1999. Yeah. So that actually was word of the year in 1999. There you go. Okay. So there
1: you go. You're right. I mean, that would have been before that happened. So, yeah.
3: Right, right. Yeah, by mm-hmm. 2000, Y2K was old hat. We knew that was a free occupation we'd wasted a year on already, right?
1: Uh, no, so two
3: thousand. Think about what was happening in two thousand.
1: I moved in the United States. Oh,
3: so maybe you have an excuse for not knowing it, but Sean, you have no excuse.
1: <laughs> oh
2: boy,
3: do you I remember? Was just, it I was, was just born, a, born it was in two thousand. Presidential election. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hint. It was a presidential election, so this was related to the presidential election. Do you remember who Recount.
2: was?
3: Recounts close because right. that, but that certainly is this year's. Right mantra or last year's mantra. It was Al Gore. Is yes, that- I was. I was
1: actually yeah. thinking presidents and and what happened. So,
3: so, what was the thing that was the controversy in the two thousand election? The hanging chads.
1: Ah, uh, the hanging chad. All right, right? See, that that, that I would not have. It feels oh. quaint,
3: doesn't it? It feels quaint. That was the word of the year, two thousand chad, after the hanging chad. So that shows you how unimportant that has become, right? That was not a revolutionary, groundbreaking word. We don't talk. I mean, we might talk about Chad, our friend, who we're going to meet at the bar later, but we don't walk around talking about hanging chads, especially that we probably don't have many of them anymore with the electronic nature of many things. Um, And then the most likely to succeed word of that year was muggle. Muggle? Muggle. Do you know where muggle is from?
1: It's a muggle is uh, in Harry Potter,
3: it's from the Harry Potter series. I am a big fan,
1: so you can t- trivial for, for that. Yeah, there you ma- go.
3: So, good a job. A Muggle is
1: that a non magical
3: word most likely to succeed. And we do non-magical
1: character. talk
3: about muggles, right? We do actually use that one. We don't use Chad, but we use muggle. And the most useful word of that year was civil union. Civil okay. union, which was right, the legal same sex union. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the most creative of that year in 2000 was a dot, bomb, a dot bomb rather than a dot com, because dot com had been voted the most useful word in 1999. Now, think about how often we use dot-com today, right? It's just part of our vocabulary. And this, 1999, was the year of its birth, essentially. That, that was when we started using it in more mainstream parlance. It wasn't just a specialized word. It actually represented something that we all recognized. Um, and that does not that's only 20-some years ago, right? But that word feels like it's been with us forever now. It's hard to bl- imagine there was life before dot-coms. But by, ni- by year 2000, we were already making jokes about it calling them dot bombs, right? So there is a lot of levity with these words, but again, looking back 1999, Y2K was word of the year because that was what we were worried about. And actually almost every word in 1999 was something to do with um, computers because that was really a fixture of what we talked about at that time, right? Fix computer, widespread computer use in the web was relatively new, and we were worried about what was going to happen when the clocks turned.
1: How far back in time can you go? I, I'm curious, something in the 80s, something in you the know what? 70s. Unfortunately,
3: this, this particular vote has only been around um, for 30 years, about 30 mm. years. Okay. So okay. the oldest one um, that, that I have a record of is 1994. The word of the year in 1994 was a tie between cyber... Which is funny because at that point we have to define them because hardly anybody understands what they're about. So the definition Mm -hmm. from 1994 was cyber is pertaining to computers and electronic communication, which sounds very quaint today, doesn't it? That anybody would need cyber defined. And the other word, and it's rare that we have ties, so this is unusual, was morph, which is to change form.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Right? The most virus referencing. The most promising obviously fell flat on its face because it was infobon, which was another word for the Internet. Clearly, it did not catch on. No, right. It was not very promising. I haven't so, heard it. Was, it. That, that crashed and burned. Um, now, the most useful and this is pretty funny because it, again, t- is dated and we wouldn't hear it today. The most useful word at, in 1994 was Gingrich. Gingrich. Which meant to deal with government agencies, policies, and people in the manner of U.S. House Speaker at the time, Newt Gingrich.
1: Okay. <laughs> so to
3: Gingrich somebody. So, you know, you look back um, and so, and you look back and it's actually kind of quaint, some of these words. In 1994, the most trendy word was a casual day, which is a work day when employees are la- allowed to dress casually. <laughs>
1: Like casual Friday, something like, like that. Like casual
3: Friday. So you see, now this one has become so widespread that it doesn't even seem like a new word anymore.
1: Oh, it's a um, that's a good time to mention uh, hard pants.
3: Hard pants. Yes, <laughs> yes. Are you? Is anybody in this conversation wearing them? That's the bigger no, question. Are no you hard wearing pants. hard pants, Sean? No,
1: not at all. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing jeans, so I don't um, know. I don't, I don't think I they think are those hard.
3: Count as hard pants. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think they do. So, hard pants was voted the most useful word of the year this year because they are the pants that don't have the comfortable elastic waistband that we have been wearing for the last two years, which are referred to as soft pants. So, this is the year of the return to hard pants. I, and fortunately for me, and obviously for the two of you, it has not affected us yet. But hard pants is have made a comeback this year.
2: Yeah, I'm um, now we're trying to envision a conference. Uh, will I be wearing elasticized? I know. I know.
3: I have to say that this is my favorite. My soft pants is my favorite word that has ever been invented, uh, because I enjoy them regularly. So actually, there's a couple of funny words in the. Um, most useful category that I had never heard of. I want to see if you have heard of it. Have you heard of the word bussin', as in bussin', bussin'?
1: No, I'm that too sandwich old for is this bussin'. Shit.
3: bussin? <laughs>
1: no, too old it, for it. it's not
3: part of your natural vocab.
1: No, it is. I mean, I know what it is because I've I, I, I read the article, but, um, run, yeah, Running so. for Benin, but, but I'm, not gonna, I'm not, not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, I'll never use it.
3: Yes, I have only started using it since reading it here because it is kind of useful. So uh, when you say something is "bussin' and that means it's really, really good.
1: See, this is going to show the age. And I want to go into specific cultural groups and age groups. And now, of course, you mentioned this, you know, you, you look at the young generation. I remember when I was a teenager, I would go to my parents and be like, what? You don't know what this word means? Are you kidding me? You're old. So referring to that bossing, I I still use this rocking because, you know, rock and roll, man, (laughs) back in the 70s.
3: This is why we haven't invited you to our vote yet. I
1: know. Don't. (laughs) Don't. I'm going to be. No, I'm kidding.
3: Marco, you're invited to come. I'm going to bring a
1: lot of tech words and a lot of music reference.
3: (laughs) Yes. Well, and music still does. I mean, we have Free Britney, right? We do often see this year actually no music terms really, but sometimes they do make an appearance. Uh, But the most useful, most trendy words. So we always have sort of most slang, most useful, most colloquial words. Those are almost always the domain of young speakers, because young speakers simply have more motivation to come up with new terminology because Mm -hmm. they, first of all, are more in contact with people that are not just like them. So you and I and, and Sean, we talk to the same people over and over again. We don't have the social networks that kids tend to have. And we don't tend to reach across different social groups like young people do. So when you're in high school, you're not just talking to your office mate or the people that live next door or your wife or your kids, which is how we tend to get honed in as we get older. When you're in high school, you might not even talk to them so much, but you hear from groups that are very different than yourself. And that is how language innovation gets born, because it's people not tied to the rewards that come with, um, you know, employment and um, family raising and things like that. Right. I mean, if I'm trying to teach my kids how to succeed in the world or trying to get a job, I'm going to be very conservative in the speech that I use. I can't be new and novel because, A, no one will know what I'm saying and B, no one will hire me. But as a teenager, what gets you social currency is actually being new and novel, being somewhat linguistically extravagant. Mm. That's what that you noticed. Um, and it also captures your 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 angst and your emotionalness and all the things that come into being a teenager. And it, it captures who you belong to and what groups you hang out with. I may not even adopt those features. But I know them because I recognize mm-hmm. them. They become a, way, a language in and of themselves. They communicate these meta messages uh, about who you are and who you hang with. So a lot of these words I talk to my kids about, and they they'll say, "Oh yeah, I've heard that." I don't use it. So my kids had heard and bussin'," but they told me that you only use it with food. So if a kid <laughs> is going to say something's "bussin' bussin'," it would be about like their lunch. Um, it would not be about, you know, oh, that wall color is bussin' bussin'. That would totally mm-hmm. tag you as an old coot that shouldn't be talking.
2: <laughs> yeah, you he got, you got it wrong. <laughs> I'm wondering, a lot of, so I would presume a lot of the younger generation, newer words are driven through, if not by social media. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of the other side of the equation, perhaps, where old school, we would travel somewhere. And maybe pick up a word that somebody's using on the streets in Rome and, and bastardize it and bring it back and it becomes something new or, or even just carries over from Rome and becomes uh, something in America. I'm well, wondering, I, yeah. did you see any changes with the lack of travel? in this year or, and, or the increase of online and have that having a, an effect or an impact? Well,
3: it certainly mm-hmm. increased the online certainly drove up the number of words that are viral on an online forum, which mm-hmm. I think is not only being in something from coronavirus effects, it's something just the, the nature of how online our lives have become. And certainly uh, the internet has driven language change in a way that face-to-face encounters didn't have the ability to, um, send out. Right. So the types of things that we see that go viral had to go viral old school before. Right. It had to be picked up by the news and the the media in traditional contexts like television and newspapers and magazines, which traveled a lot more slowly um, mm. than things do now. You know, you can go to bed one day and something has changed completely by the next. So certainly the way that these words get promoted has changed, but the, the way that they start really hasn't. So we don't start using things on social media that has already gotten some some currency in some social group.
1: So I play this game, that's how weird I am, of going on Twitter and changing the, the trend from one location to another. So I don't know if you've ever done it, but on Twitter, you you see the, the, the news, what the hashtags and the words that are trending. If you go in the setting, I'm educating people here about that. <laughs> you can say, choose the one in my location, so they jail tag you. Or you can say, what is trending in Florence, Italy, or in, in the Philippines, or in Sydney, Australia. And it's it's interesting because many times they refer to maybe a football match, something about sport, maybe something about politics that is happening in that particular time or something on TV where people are talking about that on, you know, I mean, real time on Twitter. And it's, it's, I mean, I think it's interesting when you look at what is going on somewhere else in, in the world. Right. And, and the hashtags are words. So that that's why I wanted to bring this here. And I'll, most of the time, like, oh, that's kind of cool that this is what is relevant right now in this particular moment in, in that country or in that city.
3: Um, right. I did not know that. I'm not, I'm a Twitter newbie. So, see, right. well, I'm learning something today. No, really? absolutely. The really fascinating thing about hashtags is that they are ways that we distill down larger events and larger yeah. things into a single word. Right. So, I think the individual words um, or phrases have become much more in our sort of global mindset than they were previously because of the way that we're using language on the internet. So I th- I think to answer your question, Sean, that absolutely our, our social media use, our ability to reach far places and far people with the internet that we wouldn't have at, had access to has changed the nature of how we communicate for sure. What, whether it changes the way that language works fundamentally is a question that we won't know for a while because the internet hasn't been around long enough to, for us to have longe- longitudinal studies of how language change might have evolved. I'm curious, I'm
1: sure you know the answer to this, but when things, when words are included in the Oxford Dictionary or the Cambridge Dictionary, I, I remember you will hear in the news once a year that says hey these are the new words that made it in the dictionary those are usually i'm imagine words that have been not just trending for for a day or a year but i mean what's do you know what is how do you make it in the dictionary as a word You have to
3: be a very important word. You you have to have strong lobbying efforts in your favor. Usually, (laughs) uh, depending on the dictionary, uh, the majority of sort of the old traditional dictionaries like Webster's or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Oxford, they have boards they have editorial boards that actually vote on new words. And of course they are not words that have just been introduced that year. Most of the words of the year that we would talk about in these American dialect society meetings or that you hear bandied about in other formats would not make that dictionary because the point of dictionary is, is to establish words that have longevity Yeah, that have been around for a while that are in widespread usage. So it's really rare that a word that's new and notable in one year would ever make it into the dictionary. I don't know that it's ever happened. It might have, but it's generally boards that that have members that have been sitting on those boards for a number of years that actually vote on the words, whether they're going to get admitted every year.
1: Very cool. Very cool. I want to play a game um, as we finish the conversation here. Do we want to make a guess? What's going to be no. the, the the word of the year coming next year? I have one. I have one, but it may be because of what I talk about a lot. So in my head, it's very popular, but it's probably popular. Well, no, I know I have I have statistics that says that. It's been spoken a lot. I already
2: know what it is, too.
1: Yeah, no. Uh-oh, no okay. shit. You know me. You've done I a lot of no, with me.
3: I have no guess as to what your word is. Okay, I mean, well, the problem what's is we're very early in the year. So there's a lot of year time mm-hmm. left to come up with new words. I'm going to guess that um, it's going to be some new variant <laughs> name. Oh no. So that's no. One of them. But hopefully we'll also have some words that sort of the endemic. So not an, end, right, not an endemic like in
1: mm-hmm, society,
3: mm-hmm. but the end of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that's my vote is we'll have the endemic because we'll be at the end of this pandemic. But mm-hmm. other than that, I, I still have my book open to or, record. Or maybe
1: before. instead of lockdown, lockout. Yes.
3: Walkout. 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 Scroll go. out. This is going to be the walkout where we're all ending our quarantine.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Marco, what's your word?
1: Well, my it's probably I could probably ask Sean to say it for me, but for me it's gonna be metaverse because we talk a lot about it and and you know it's all over the news. But it also connect me to the fact that I, I this is my brain, right? I mean, I, there are certain interests as we all do, and 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 so we're a little bit more limited in in what we we focus in our profession, I guess, and what what we do, and and the difference between be you know, a teenager that is always exploring new things and stuff like that. So for me, it's metaverse and uh, and I'm sticking with that final that answer. not
3: a bad choice because that does represent something that I think will be around for a while. And actually, you know, I'm going to send a nomination form to you in the fall <laughs> of next year and you can you can nominate that word. Uh, you know, you reminded me of something that I actually think will be. Uh, coming up even more is something like NFT. Ah,
2: uh, yeah. Yes. Something
3: to do. With oh,
1: crypto. Sean, you were going to go there. there is that going. where you go? Is yep. that where, Sean, crypto? Crypto, come on, you guys. Crypto this year should have been there too. Yeah.
3: You know what? NFT was actually um one of the most likely to succeed words. Mm. It was NFT was in that but surprisingly there was really not much cryptocurrency. There have been a few words in the past but this was a very cryptocurrency lean year, but I think that's because there were so many other things that yeah. took our interest, like the pandemic and politics and, and the great resignation, which was another word that we talked about, anti-work, the great resignation, people leaving their jobs. So I think we just had so many other things, but I I think Sean is on to something, that something with crypto, this is the year of crypto, I think.
2: Yeah, I wasn't going to pick crypto as the word, nor NFT as the word. I think there's going to be some something about those things that's going to have a name that's just going to
1: skyrocket. Like well, a new maybe, name connected to that. Yeah. Okay.
3: Maybe one of you can explain cryptocurrency to me in the next year, so I'll understand it better by the time we get there. <laughs> well, we uh, funny you ask that.
1: <laughs> we we do have uh, a new series of panels. I'm going to do a little advertising here. We'll call it, the other society, because we believe there is a better society where where technology serves humanity. and and, uh, It's full of cool words. And it's full of cool words because we choose a topic, and uh, digital currency is one of those, and smart cities, and uh, um, autonomous vehicles, (laughs) and a lot of cool technical stuff that we're going to have experts and panels, and I have a feeling we're going to invite you maybe to... One of those. And, uh, and people can learn about that. It's uh, Well, it's count me in.
3: Count me yeah. in for the cryptocurrency one because I I really do want to know more about that. I think it is going to be part of our future. So I am predicting on this show, here I go, that something with crypto will be uh, in our, our most likely to succeed or word of the year categories next year and maybe even take the prize. But metaverse, I will make sure that's in there too, Marco.
1: Great, great. Nice. Well, I had a lot of fun. It didn't disappoint me. Oh, no, this okay. is cool. I think. Uh, yeah,
2: I was. I didn't know what to expect as uh, as I prepared. Or I didn't prepare as I joined, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew it was going to be fun with you on Valerie. And I'm I'm very cool. Very cool to we had this conversation.
3: Awesome. Well, I'm going to leave you with one last word. All right. All right. It was the word that won the category of informal word of the year. I'm not even going to make you guess it because I know you won't.
1: (laughs) At this point, you know we don't know anything. You know,
3: I I wouldn't have known it either is yassify. So I hope that you yassify me in this show, which sounds really bad, but it's actually something really good. Any guesses?
1: I'm I'm not going to throw stones or anything like that. I've heard
2: yes, but not...
1: Yassify.
3: Yassify is to make beautiful or more glamorous.
1: I don't know that that's possible,
3: that <laughs> Aw, shucks. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, definitely. Definitely. You, bro- you brought it. You brought
3: it. Uh, yeah. I, oh, good, good, good. Well, hopefully we can vote that as most likely to succeed. Cool. Here. And
1: we and we will most certainly link to the article that you wrote on uh, psychology
3: today. Yes, psychology it today. Yep.
1: And uh, so people can actually have fun and look for more and maybe... Um, you know, if you want to comment with what you thought should have been the, the awards yeah. of the year, uh, we'll be happy to, to see what you think. So, again, definitely. thank you so and I, much. I
2: definitely want to include the link to our other chat because, I mean, equally fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was
3: too. So. And you know, oh, maybe in the fall we can do a little nomination of your listeners. They can nominate some words and we'll we'll put them oh, in yeah. we'll put the uh, form. And yeah, we can do the nomination
1: form Absolutely. very cool. Cool. fun. And it reflects society. So it's uh, we, we need to look at that. We need to look at this stuff. Yeah. Well
3: thank you for having
1: thank you. me. Thank
3: you. Bye everyone.
1: Join us on the next Audio Signals. So we we'll chat some more. We don't know about what though.
0: Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itsbmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.